without further ado, a man uh, and woman of God who's had a real impact in my life. I've had the privilege of knowing him for a number of years, and this is his third time coming. And he doesn't come up to fish, although we're twisting his arm to come to fish next time. He comes to impart. He comes with the word of the Lord this morning to us. And um, all I can say is that uh, his life and his example of integrity has been sterling. And that which has really impacted my heart. He's overseas many churches who travels throughout the nations and uh, pioneered a church back in 1986 in Denver, Colorado, started with three people and it's uh, thousands of people now and God has done a great thing. He's just turned the church over as he'll probably share it to his son who's 38 years old. It's really an apostolic anointing upon his life, upon their life. And uh, you are in for a treat. God's going to touch you. God's going to change us this morning. Come on, put your hands together for Mike and Jeannie Ware. You go first. Hi there. You can be seated. Good to see all of you this morning. This is my wife, Jeannie. And uh, you probably met her last year. We've been married last month. We were married 40 years. Isn't that a miracle? 40 years. And uh, why she still stays married to me, it must be God. God does miracles every day, and I'm a recipient of it. So anyway, it's great to see you. I know she wants to greet you. Hello. Yes, thank you so much for having us here again. Uh, we always just feel like this is home. The little girl that was up here spinning, I don't know whose parents she is, but that is our granddaughter all over again. So we just walked in and saw her and we're like, oh, this is just like Juliet. You know, so um, I, I just want to encourage you in something this morning. Uh, Pastor Alex, he just led us in wonderful worship this morning. You know, over and over we were saying, Lord of all, Lord of all, Lord of all. And I don't know about you, but I really take the words of songs and really imprint them into my heart. And I'm doing a Bible study right now on the names of God and uh, Jira, one of the names of God. But the one that was really impressed on my heart this morning is Adonai, Adonai, Lord and Master. It really means Lord and Master. Is he master of all in your life today? You know, that, that means that we have to do something. We have to give him ownership of our lives. You know, we ask Jesus to come and be our Savior, but then do we really give God ownership of our lives, moving from that self-rule into a God-rule? This is a wonderful, wonderful church. We know your pastor and his wife. We know that they are going to help train you to know Adonai, Lord and Master of your life. Give those things over to him. He is Lord of all. Amen? Amen. That's awesome. Why, why am I here? Just invite her and I'll just come and... I know. I love this pastor and his wife. I love this family. These are really real people, genuine and authentic. I may have said that last time, but really, you're, just a, you're the real deal. And, and I love that about both of you. No pretenses. What you see is what you get. Pray for them if you see something not too good. But yeah, 
But you are Mr. Clean. You are Mr. Clean. Yeah. But, um, you know, this is a good place. This church is a good place. It's a safe place. It's a real place. And, uh, you know, we, we were talking to somebody not too long ago that just didn't understand about churches. And, uh, and this church is not Christianity light. This is the real, I mean, it's not, it's, it's deep spiritually. I mean, the spirit of the Lord is here. You know, as we were worshiping, and I, before I preach, I just want to share this with you. I see you like Peter who stepped out of the boat. And, um, you know, Jesus said to him, O ye of little faith, because he saw the wind and the waves. But he walked on water. All of his buddies were still in the boat. Peter, James, Bartholomew, all the rest of the disciples were still in the boat. But Peter got out. And I see you like Peter. But I hear different words from the Lord. I see him, instead of saying, O ye of little faith, I see him saying, O ye of great faith, because you're going to ignore the wind. You're going to ignore the waves, and you're going to come unto him. And together, you're going to walk back to the boat in Jesus' name. And God's going to do some great things in both of your lives. That's what I see in my spirit. I don't know if you get a witness on that, but I just, anyway, give it to you like it is. Amen. Man, that messed with me when I just did that. Man, men shouldn't cry. Man. Oh, well, it's good to be home. I'll call this home since I've been here a few times. But uh, it is so good to be back in Alaska and to see a lot of y'all remember your faces. And, uh, and of course, to be with your pastor and his family. We're looking forward to a great rest of the day. Uh, I did not know this until I shared with your pastor this morning what I'm preaching on, but that was the word. The same word he got this year was the word multiplication. Does anybody remember that word? I'm sure you preached on it. That was the word the Lord gave me at the beginning of this year, is the word multiplication and increase. In fact, how many of you want a little dab of increase? You want a little double portion in your life. I'm talking about an increase of grace and mercy and forgiveness and love and compassion, a financial increase. How about how many of you can take a financial increase in your life? I'll take a little bit of that too, won't you? But I'm talking about the things of God multiplying in your life, like anointing and blessings and abundance and purity and, and all of those kinds of things. I believe it's God who wants to bring to you this thing of multiplication, this thing of increase, this thing of prosperity. And I don't know how you're processing this, whether you're thinking money or you're thinking anointing or you're whatever. It, it really doesn't matter to me. What I hope you grab and grasp out of the word that I know your pastor's given you and the word that I want to share with you this morning is that God wants to multiply and increase you. I saw your hands a minute ago, and I believe God wants to do that. He's not trying to hold anything back. He's trying to release it. He's trying to let it go. God takes no pleasure in holding anything back. He wants to release his blessing into your life, into this church. Do you think it would please God to multiply this church? I believe it would too. Do you think it would please God to bless you in such a way that you're able to give and, and beyond what you ever thought you could give? Don't you think it would be a blessing to, for God to bless you that way? I believe it would be because that's the kind of God we serve. The Bible says he takes pleasure in our prosperity, and he's not stingy. I said God is not stingy. He's generous. In Romans chapter 8, I want you to open up your Bibles because in these next few minutes, here's what I need to do. I have three simple points, but if you'll give me a few minutes to get there. Because I've got to lay a foundation, a spiritual foundation and a scriptural foundation, a biblical foundation 
for why you need to believe that God wants to prosper you and bless you, to help you live off the top of the barrel instead of the bottom of the barrel. But to do that, I've got to lay out a few scriptures so I can try my best to convince you that God wants to touch your life and he wants to multiply your life, your ministry in this church. But in, in Romans chapter 8, verse 32, you ought to memorize this verse. It's wonderful. It says, he who did not spare his own son. He's talking about God who gave his own son. He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? How shall he not also with him or by him and through him give us all things. Again, this ought to be a verse. You ought to memorize this as a reminder to you that you have a heavenly father who did not withhold his own son to give you eternal life. But with his son who gave you eternal life, he will give you beyond that all things. Did not Christ say that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly? He's talking about life, which is eternal life. He talks about life more abundantly, which is earthly life. Christ has come to do two things. is to rescue you from this world because of sin and to bless you in this life while you're still here. Can I hear an amen? That's why we need to believe in prosperity and increase and multiplication. All those kinds of things that you keep hearing your pastor speak about. And I'm here to reinforce that. I didn't know that that was what his, he felt like the Lord shared with him. I didn't really know. He just said, come preach what you feel like God's put on your heart. And that's what the Lord has put on my heart. Jesus has come to give you life and life more abundantly. God is not here to withhold anything. He's here to release something. Would you at least become the recipient and put yourself in the place to become the recipient of what God wants to do? Now look, if God will provide eternal life, don't you think he wants to provide abundant life? Do you think he'll do one without the other? Is that the kind of God we serve? I don't think so. We serve a God who gave his own son and through his own son, not only he gave us freely all things, he's given us freely all things. Psalm 34 verse 10 says, The young lions lack and suffer hunger, but those who seek the Lord shall not lack any good thing. If you're a seeker, a believer, you're looking for God. Can I tell you, the Bible says you will not lack any good thing. Why am I sharing this? Because I'm trying to settle it with you, and I'm hoping you'll settle it in your heart that God wants to multiply and increase everything, whether it be anointing, grace, forgiveness, love, prosperity, whatever it might be, anointing, he wants to multiply it. And it's not just for this year. If you'll grab hold of these things that I'm going to teach you today, it'll be for the rest of your life. It's not just for a year. It's for the rest of your life. Psalm 84:11. some of you know the verse. It says, for the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. God is a giver, a giver of good things. I'm trying to make a case this morning from the Bible to show you that God is a God of increase. He wants to meet all of your needs. Some of you have some needs this morning. You need healing. Some of you need a breakthrough. Some of you need forgiveness. You've done some things that you're ashamed of. You're wondering, can God ever forgive me? Yes, he can. He's a God that can multiply his forgiveness and restore you. Some of you are struggling financially. That ain't, that ain't no big deal for God, as we say. No hill for a stepper. God can multiply to you from his wealth, his riches, and bless your life. 
He doesn't want to withhold any good thing. God is a God of increase. God is a God of multiplication. And I want you to settle it that he's the God of more than enough. See, some of you have been walking through your spiritual life saying God has never seemed like it's ever enough. And you think God is not able. Well, he is. He's the God of more than enough. And as you move into this year and in the next year, I want you to begin to think about increase and multiplication. And one of the ways I think to do that, to put it in the context that I think you and I in our human way can grab hold of this, I want you to think of multiplication this way. I want you to think of a double portion. A double portion. Now, a doubling of anything is really not that big of a deal. If I've got $2 and I double it, I've got 4 that's not that big of a deal. You know, whatever your income is, if God doubled it, that might be a big deal. You might like that. But a doubling is a beginning place. It's not an ending place. But our minds can pretty much grab hold of a doubling of something. Isn't that right? And I want you to think of multiplication in the terms of a double portion. And I like the idea of a double portion. Now, some of you have, a trouble, have trouble believing in a doubling. And so I, I want to try to I want to show you something in the scriptures that I've, I'll be honest with you, I've never connected the dots before. It's in Isaiah 61, so go ahead and turn there. Isaiah 61. The first three verses of this chapter really are a prophetic word from Isaiah. Isaiah was probably the most revered prophet of all of Israel. I mean, the people of Israel, the Hebrews, loved this man. They felt like this man could hear the voice of God and bring the message in the Word of God, and he did. And so in the first few verses of this chapter, Isaiah is prophesying about Christ, who Christ is, the function of Christ. And I bet you've read it, and I bet you've heard your pastor preach on it, or you've heard somebody else preach on it. I've preached on it so many times, too. But I want to read it to you because I want us to connect the dots before I give you these three points. It says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord, the favor and the, and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and provide For those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of gladness instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness or despair. And he goes on to talk about, and they will be called the trees or oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Now, when pastors or Christians talk about or preach about Christ, these are the verses they quote because it really describes the function of Christ, doesn't it? that he's come to set us free from our sin. He's rescued us because we were all captive, held by sin. I mean, he took our despair and our sorrow and he gave us a garment of praise. He did all those things. Have you been the recipient of these first three verses? Can I see your hand? Have you been a recipient of this? Then I'm I'm already preaching to the choir. You already know what this prophecy is about because you personally experienced. He's given us a crown of beauty for ashes, all these things. But these three verses do not completely describe what Jesus has come to do for us. But somehow, when we talk about Christ and what he's done, we stop right there in this chapter. And I've done it too until earlier this year. And I want you to see that there is more than just Those three verses in what Christ has done for you, God doesn't just stop there to describe his son, and he doesn't stop there to describe what his son will do for you. Christ has come to bring you life and life more abundantly. The first three verses about Christ coming to bring you life, 
rescuing you from your sin, writing your name in the book of life, and giving you eternal life. That's the first part. But there's another part about you personally. The first part of the prophecy was about Christ. The second part of the prophecy is about you. And I bet you've never connected these dots because I hadn't. Let's read these next few verses, verse 4 through 7. It says, And they will begin to, uh, they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore places long devastated. Now watch. In the next part of this prophecy, he begins to speak about increase and multiplication. The first part was about rescuing you. Now that he's rescued you, what does he want to do? He wants to bless you, multiply you, increase you. Watch these words. He said, they will, talking about us, we will rebuild the ancient ruins, restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities uh, that have been devastated for generations. Aliens or strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards. Those are verses that are speaking about increase and multiplication. I mean, I think about, we talked about the land that you just got, that 16 acres back up on that hill that you once had, didn't have, now you have. There's a reason why. Because God's about to restore some things. God's about to renew some things. God is about to build some things because he spoke multiplication to this church. But let's don't stop right there. Let's just keep going. He said, you will, be, you will be called the priest of the Lord. They will be named ministers of our God. You will feed on the wealth of nations, and in their riches you will boast. How many of you want a little dab of that? Instead of their shame, my people will receive a double portion. Instead of shame, my people will receive a double portion. Instead of disgrace, they will rejoice in their inheritance. And so they will inherit a double portion in their land. And everlasting joy will be theirs. Do you see what I just saw in these verses? The first half is a prophecy about Christ. The second half is a prophecy about you. Now, God's already fulfilled the first half. He's waiting on you to get a revelation so he can fulfill the second half. Now, you think he's going to do the first half without doing the second half? That's not the kind of God we serve. God has spoken increase and multiplication, a double portion into your life. I mean, it says that others will shepherd your flocks. That means something increased. Others will work your fields and vineyards. That speaks of blessing. Something must have multiplied. You would feed on the wealth of nations. That's the multiplication of the prosperity that God has for you as individuals, as he has for this church. He said he has given to them, he has given to them a double portion. In other words, they receive a double portion. It's been given. They will inherit. That means they've received it. They've got it. They possess it. I want you to get this. God is giving to you a double portion if you'll receive a double portion. I believe Christ has already been, he's already fulfilled the first part. He's waiting on somebody who will just have enough faith to believe for the second part of that prophecy. But wait a minute, I'm not finished. Isaiah chapter 40, I want you to look at a couple of verses here. I want to show you something else. In verse 1 and verse 2, Isaiah 40, verse 1 and 2, it says, Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for. Watch this. It says her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. I want you to notice when you and I were in sin, before we were the recipients of the first half of that prophecy in Isaiah 61, you and I were the recipients of a double portion of wrath because of our sin. We were, because we were separated from God, it caused us to receive double for our sins. 
But when Jesus fulfilled the first part of that prophecy in Isaiah 61, guess what? God reversed that to give you double of his blessings, double of his increase. Come on, I'm, I'm getting something out of this. I'm preaching myself pretty happy so far. Hold on, I'm not finished. Zechariah chapter 9, verse 11 and 12, this prophetic message from God. I want you to see this. It says in verse uh, chapter 9, verse 11, it says, As for you also, because of the blood of my covenant with you. Now, when God makes a covenant of blood, it's irreversible. It's irrevocable. He said, When I made a covenant of blood with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. That's hell. Return to your stronghold, O prisoners of hope. That's us. Today. Everybody say today. Today I declare that I will restore to you double. Double. That's what my Bible version says. Double. Twice as much. You have become prisoners of hope. And you have returned to the stronghold of the Almighty. And today, he said, I will restore it double. And if that's not enough to convince you, one more scripture out of Deuteronomy 21. And then I'm going to give you these three points. Deuteronomy 21, verse 17. But he shall acknowledge the son of the unloved wife and the firstborn by giving him a double portion. Watch, you know, God has to recognize and he has to acknowledge the son of, the firstborn has to recognize the firstborn. He says, by giving him a double portion of all that he has, for he is the beginning of his strength. The right of the firstborn is his. Do you know what the right of the firstborn is? If you study through scriptures, the right of the firstborn was a double portion. If you were a firstborn in your home, you got the double portion. Now, some of you are saying, well, I was a third child or a fourth child. Well, that doesn't make any difference. In the kingdom of God, when you got born again, guess who became the firstborn? You did. You're the firstborn of God. When God looks at you and you're born again, he says, that's my firstborn. You have an inheritance that God has already proclaimed by right. It is yours. The double portion is yours. Increase and multiplication is yours. Are you getting this? See, I'm doing my best to lay a foundation for you because these next three points won't make any difference if you don't get this. God is trying to convince you from his word that he wants to pour out to you a multiplication and increase. He's just waiting on you to receive it. It's already been declared in heaven. It's already been prophesied over and over again. A doubling, a doubling. And that's just the beginning of what God can do I want to give you some three, three steps, three quick steps. So listen quickly. I've only got 30, 40 minutes. Not really, but I've only got a few minutes. Three steps. Pastor, wave me down if I get going a little bit too long because I know we've got another service. Number one, the doubling begins with a revelation. The doubling, the doubling begins with a revelation. A revelation is all about seeing, isn't it? That means you have to see. God wants to peel back the curtain so you can see. That's why I've been giving you scriptures, Right? And, and, and it's all wonderful. I mean, I've been sharing the word of God as divine plan for your life. And that's all wonderful because you heard it, you saw it, you heard me speak about it, you read it yourself. But it means nothing. All it is is information if you don't get a revelation. There is no power in information. There's power in revelation. The word revelation, if you go back to it, means it, it comes from the word reveal. It means to peel back so you can see. God is trying to peel back the word of God so you can see what he wants to do for you. That's how faith is birthed. I'm hoping that before we get finished in the next five or ten minutes, you'll have an aha moment where you say, aha, I got it, Pastor, I got it. That doubling is for me. That increase in multiplication is for me. It's for my family. It's for my church. 
That's what I want you to get. Paul the Apostle talks about this very thing. He said, eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it entered into the heart of man the things that God has prepared for them that love him. He says God wants to, he wants to release the mysteries of God to you. He's not trying to hold them back. He's trying to release an unknown thing that you'll take in your heart, an unseen or unheard thing, and get it in your heart because he loves you. He wants to bless you. He wants to multiply you. But you've got to get a revelation. The Holy Spirit knows the deep things of God. He wants to release them. He wants to let them go. The double portion just doesn't come to those who think about it. It comes to those who have a revelation about it. Because that's what stirs your faith. Anybody remember the story of Elijah and Elisha? You know, Elisha was the prophet in training. He followed Elijah around everywhere he went. And no matter where Elijah said to stay, he just kept following him around. Following him around. And the reason why is because Elisha had, in his spirit, he had a vision, a revelation of a double portion. Whatever Elijah had, he wanted it. And not just equal, he wanted a double part. And so he followed him around everywhere. That inward revelation causes you to dream higher. An inward revelation causes you to act different, to think different, to speak different. And so this man, Elisha, just acted differently than anyone else. When you have a higher level of faith, it causes you to think differently than other people. You know, your mind thinks according to your faith, and your faith acts according to your revelation. Your mind thinks according to your faith, but your faith moves according to your revelation. And if you don't think you'll experience a doubling, you're never going to act like you're going to get one. Isn't that right? We ha- I had a little note from someone in our church, uh, mother, her name was Amy. She was carrying her four-year-old son to preschool. His name was Davin. It was a cloudy day, a little bit like it was this morning. You couldn't see the mountains there in Colorado. As she was going to school, taking him to the little preschool that morning, she said, Davin, look how cloudy it is today. She said, do you think the mountains are still there? Because I can't see them. And a little four-year-old, a, a preschooler, said, yep, they're still there, Mom. He said, it's kind of like God. You can't see him, but you know he's there. That's a four-year-old. What's wrong with you? You know why he said that? Because he got a revelation. He got a revelation. He had an inward revelation. That's what it does for you. It gives you faith for something you have not yet seen. It's like the story about Elisha and Elijah that I was telling you about. I mean, they crossed the Jordan River, and and Elijah asked him what he could do for him. He said, I want a double portion. I mean, it's pretty cool that he asked him for a double portion. He said, well, if you see me when I'm taken, in other words, you got the revelation. If you can see me when I'm taken, he said, it'll happen to you. That's why I followed him everywhere he went. Because he had this inward revelation. Faith to receive uh, that double portion was found in what he saw. What are you seeing? I'd like to issue a challenge today. A thousand dollar challenge. With a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle. Anybody ever put together a jigsaw puzzle? Alright, here's the thousand dollar challenge. One thousand dollars if you can put together a one thousand piece jigsaw puzzle in four hours. Hold it right there. Hold it. Let's make it a double portion. Let's say $2,000 to put together a 1,000-piece jigsaw puzzle in four hours. Are there any takers out there that are willing to at least try? Come on, anybody out there? Come on, there's somebody with faith. Okay, hold it right here. There's one little catch. You got to do it without looking at the picture or even knowing what the picture's supposed to look like. That's kind of almost impossible, isn't it? You see, that's the point I'm trying to give you. 
If you can get a picture of it, my wife, when she puts together a jigsaw puzzle, she'll study that puzzle, she'll study that picture, she'll hold that little piece in her hand, and she'll be looking all over that picture until she finds it. Next thing you know, she places it. But if she hadn't had the picture to know where it goes, she would have never believed for what it was supposed to look like. See, until you get a revelation, you never know what it's supposed to look like, and everything seems impossible. Number one. Number two. Are you ready for number two? A double portion comes to those who hunger after it. You'll never expect a double portion or any portion if you're happy where you are. If you're just satisfied and you're not, ha you're not hungry or thirsty anymore for more, more, more of God, then you'll just have what you have. It's true. When you get hungry for something, your life changes. Your priorities change. Your direction changes. I was driving to the church not long ago back in Denver there. And as I was driving down to, uh, to the church, wasn't too far away, I got this idea of having a Krispy Kreme donut. Does anybody know what Krispy Kreme donuts are? Can I tell you, they're the will of God. I mean, they have an apple-filled apple cinnamon powder. And in my mind as I'm driving, I'm thinking, man, that would taste so good. I could feel it in my hands. I could taste the texture when I bit into it and all the stuff oozing out all over your face and the powder getting all over your pants. And I was thinking, man, I want one of those. At the next light, I did a U-turn, drove six miles and grabbed me. I didn't get one. I got a double portion. I got two of them. And when I saw those donuts coming down, that, those hot donuts coming down that conveyor belt, I said, I got to have a dozen of those too. Woo, you bite into one of those, it's like bowing down and worshiping God. I'm telling you, it's wonderful. <laughs> Can I just say, when you get a revelation of something, you know, it changes the way you act and it changes the way you think. When you hunger after it, it changes their behavior. I was hungry for that donut and it changed my behavior. It changed the way I thought. It's amazing how hunger can drive you and drive you to action. I love King's Donuts just down the street here. I love King's Donuts. Oh, donut King, sorry about that. I love Donut King. I love it. I love it so much that we got off the plane. The first thing I told Jeannie is I said, let's go to the Donut King. And am I right about that, Jeannie? That's true. They were closed, but I was the first one there on the next morning. First. I said first. Why? Because I was hungry for it. Had a revelation for it. I got two cinnamon buns, three or four twists. I got Jeannie one. Something. I don't know what it was. Here's what uh, Elijah had to say in 2 Kings chapter 2, he says, It came to pass when the Lord was about to take Elijah up into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me on to Bethel. And from Bethel he went to Jericho. Every place he went, he said, Please, please stay here. And here's what Elisha said. He said, As the Lord, your God lives. He said, As your soul lives and my soul lives, he said, I'm not going to leave you. Why? Because he had a revelation. If I see him when he's gone, I get a double portion. And I'm so hungry for it, I'm going everywhere you go because I want it. You'll never have, listen, you'll never have enough hunger to fight for something if you don't have a revelation about it. Number three, a double portion comes to those that speak it. A double portion comes to those that speak it. The double portion must be in your heart, but it also must be in your mouth. It's not enough to think about it. You have to speak it. You have to say it. You have to confess it. This is what Elisha did. 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 9, it says, And so it was when they crossed over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I may do for you before I'm taken away from you. 
And Elisha said, please let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. There you go. He just said it. It came out of his mouth. He'd been thinking about it. He had the revelation of it. He could see it on the inside. And finally, he confessed it. I want a double portion. God takes no pleasure in giving you something that you're ashamed to get. I don't believe God wants to give us something that we're not willing to confess that we want. Are you here today? I've decided that there are a lot of things that are in your mouth and a lot of things that are coming out of your mouth. Words continuously flow from your mouth and words that bring life and death. Instead of proclaiming not enough, why don't you say, I'm serving a God of more than enough. A God of multiplication. A God of increase. Let me close with this. In 2 Corinthians 4, Paul talks about a spirit of faith. He talks about a spirit of faith. And we need to understand what God calls the spirit of life-giving, the power of faith. I want you to grab hold of this real quickly before we close. Because the Bible not only talks about the spirit of faith, he talks about dead faith. You know, faith without works is dead. Isn't that right? You can have dead faith. Why is it that you say you have faith to be healed, but you're not healed? Because your faith is dead, perhaps. Faith to be saved, but you're not saved because of dead faith. faith. You say you have faith for multiplication and increase, but you never get it because you have dead faith. We need to resurrect our faith. Some of you need to repair some broken walls of faith in your life. Some principles and values that you've let slip aside, you need to rebuild those again. Some non-negotiables. But here's what Paul says, 2 Corinthians 4.13. It says, we have the same spirit of faith according as it's written, I believe, and therefore I speak. He said, I believe what's written in the Word of God, and so because I believe it, I speak it. And then he goes on to say, we also, together, we also believe, and therefore we speak. You know what he's saying? The spirit of the power of faith is in your mouth. It's in your words. If you want to resurrect your dead faith, why don't you resurrect the words? Isaiah says that, you're, that God will create the fruit of your lips. Some of you need to pray for crop failure because you've been planting a lot of bad seed with your words. Right? Listen, our church, in our church, we, we started our church in the basement of a community college. Ninety chairs in that place. Started with three people. You know, we'd still be there today unless we had said, and we did, we're not going to stay here. We're going to outgrow this place. We're going to touch more people, meet more people. We're going to see more people touched and healed and delivered and saved. And we moved out of that place after a while and rented a place that was three times that big. We could have still be there except we said, we said, we're not going to stay here. We're not going to survive here. We're not going to die here. This is going to be a stepping stone. We're going to grow here and multiply here and touch people here and see God's life, uh, change lives here. And we went to another place, but we could have just stayed there. But we said, we said, and we bought land and we moved into that other building that we're in right now, but we keep saying we're not going to die there. We're not going to survive there. We're going to keep growing. We're going to keep touching. We're going to keep ministering to people because of the words of our mouth, because we have it in our spirit that God wants to multiply us. That's what's happening in this church. Get ready. Every empty chair is a testimony that the devil is winning. It's time to come against the devil and say, God, you said, multiply, multiply. Come on, Father, in the name of Jesus, in this sanctuary, every man and woman that has come, I saw the hands lifted a little earlier. And they're saying, Lord God, that they want everything from you. They want to receive from you. Lord, let us get a revelation of it. Let us speak it. Let us see it. 
Lord, let us, let us believe for that double portion in the name of Jesus. Come on, if that's you and you're believing for a double portion, lift up not just one hand, lift up both hands. Come on, both hands. Make a big funnel right now. Say, Lord, here I am and I'm asking you to pour out unto me. Lord, increase in multiplication. Some of you need an increase of anointing. Some of you need an increase of forgiveness. You have backslidden. You have walked away from Christ. And if you'll just lift up your hands and say, Lord, I ask you to forgive me. And I ask you to wash away my sins. He will begin pouring out forgiveness and grace. He'll begin restoring you and anointing you. I mean, the power of God will come back into your life. Father, there are some here that need a miracle financially. Lord, they need a breakthrough in their bodies. In Jesus' name, we're praying for a double healing, a double portion of healing, a double portion of finances. Lord, we're praying for jobs and increases and promotions in Jesus' name. Lord, we're praying for souls, more people to come into the house of God here. Lord, that every seat is filled. Lord, that they need to get into a bigger place, a bigger building, and that's not going to be big enough. Lord, because we say, we say, we're going to reach more. We're going to touch more. We're going to see more saved in the power in the name of Jesus Christ. And Father, we just give you the praise and the glory for this right now. You're worthy. You're worthy. Come on, put your hands together. and Let's give God a good offering of praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Woo! Come on, somebody say, I'm going to multiply. Come on, say it like you mean it. I'm going to multiply. Say it again. I'm going to multiply. Put your hands together one more time for God. Ushers, would you help us? I want to read to you a scripture as we take an offering for our dear brother and sister and their ministry as they move on from here. God's called them to the nations. He's impacting the body of Christ in a really a tremendous way. He's, uh, he's a father of fathers, if I can say it that way. Although not quite old enough to be grandpa, I don't think. Well, maybe you are, you know, but I mean, God is really using you. And, uh, you know, the word you gave me really touched my heart. And I received that. This is a this is a couple that's this worthy. I, I want to uh, read this to you as you prepare your offering. Uh, the entirety of this offering will go to them. Let's bless them. Come on, let's sow a multiplication offering towards them. Can you say amen? Come on, can you say amen? In the third epistle of John, chapter six. Uh, pardon me. How many of you know there's only one chapter? All right, just making sure. It's like turning to the book of Hezekiah or something. All right, some of you will get that on the way home. Third epistle of John, verse 6. If you send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God, you do well. We want to send them forward on their journey in a manner worthy of God. So let's go ahead and bless them right now. Amen. Take a moment to prepare that offering for them. Gonna get the double double. Yeah. <laughs> double double. Hallelujah. Ushers at the cap. Gonna multiply. Yes, I am. We're gonna multiply. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the wearers and we thank you for the, the impartation today, the truth of the Word of God. Thank you that you've given us revelation. Thank you, Lord, that you've stirred us to hunger for more. And we speak it forth, Lord, that we will multiply our children, our, our homes, 
The kingdom of God is always multiplying. Lord, we will multiply, going even from glory to glory. And we pray that you would multiply them. Come on, reach your hands towards them. Multiply the wearers. The Lord would say that you are stepping into a new place that you've never even been before. For there's a synergy of anointing that's coming upon your life. Even as it says in Exodus uh, chapter 29, verse 29, the anointing and the garments of Aaron shall be his sons therein. And the picture is that the high priestly garments of Aaron then passed down to his son. He would be anointed therein, meaning that the oil and the anointing of God that's upon your life is then is passed down onto your son and your children. And then there's an anointing poured over them. And there's the double, double of that. But you are entering into synergy in your church in victory. You're going to find increase and growth even as never before. There's a shifting of things that have happening. There's a stirring. There is a changing. And then you're going to find a new anointing, a new mantle is upon you even in the nations and you're going to flow in greater power greater authority greater miracles greater signs and greater wisdom and i see you even sitting like at a round table of other leaders and the lord is going to put his words in your mouth there's a prophetic anointing that's upon your life upon both of you and as you speak forth the word it's going to bring forth truth it's going to bring forth fruit rather it's going to bring forth fruit for he stands over his word to see it performed. It's going to go forth and it will not return void. It'll go forth and accomplish the purpose for which it's ended. So Lord, thank you for the wares. Just release that in Jesus' name to you. Thank you for the wares. Bless the gift and the giver. Multiply it many times over in Jesus' name. Amen. Ushers, go ahead. Jesus, you love us so amazing. Joy can explain it. I get caught up in the fellowship. Woo! I get caught up in the fellowship. Jesus, your love is so amazing. And this joy can explain it. I get caught up in the fellowship. Would you stand up with us? Cause I get caught up in the fellowship. Jesus, your love is so amazing. And this joy, and this joy can explain it. Lift in my heart, lift in my head 
That's you, whether you've received Jesus before, but maybe you're not living for him anymore. Maybe you're living a compromised life, or maybe you've never received the Lord. Maybe you've never believed on him. America says they believe in God. The book of James says even demons believe and tremble. You need to believe, you need to receive, and we know that we love those that love God because they obey his word. Come on, receive him today. If that's not, if that's you, you're not right with God. Get, get right. Don't, don't leave this place. Come on, in Delta Junction, they're on with us this morning. In Delta, examine your heart. Come on, all over the world wide web, examine your heart here in Wasilla. Take a look. Are you right with God? Don't play church. Don't do it. Come on, get right with him. Come on, you're never going to have any double-double unless you get saved first. <laughs> You've got to receive Jesus. Or be made right with him. Don't live a life of compromise. If that's you, I'll just, just pray right out loud. All of us affirming our faith at the same time. Pray with me. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for dying in my place. Thank you for rising again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all of my sin. Come into my heart and be my Lord and Savior. Wash me and cleanse me. Make me new. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life and use me to fulfill all of my purpose in the earth. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Come on, now just lift your hands as a sign of surrender to God. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Come over, come upon us now. Fill those who perhaps have not been filled before. Refresh those who need to be refreshed. Holy Spirit, touch, bless, right now, in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, sing it again. Jesus, your love is so amazing. Come on, sing with us. And this joy, I can't explain it. Because I am caught up in the fellowship. Come on, sing with us. Because I am caught up in the fellowship. Jesus, your love is so amazing. This joy I can't explain it. How you caught up in the fellowship? How you caught up in the fellowship? Jesus, your love is so amazing. And this joy I can't explain it. I am caught up in the fellowship. I am caught up in the fellowship. Jesus, your love is so amazing. 
disobedient if I don't do it, so I've got to that handsome guy with a great haircut. I've forgotten your name, but I have a word for you. It's, it's short, it's brief, but it's on point. You're called. You're called of God, but the anointing on you is different than your brother. Don't you ever compare yourself to what God is doing through your brother, because that'll be a hindrance to you. Even, even the Apostle Paul said, I don't judge myself by anything but by the Lord. And God has given you a tremendous heart for worship. There's healing that's taking place in you that's beyond anything that you know. And I've called you, says God. I've called you, says the Lord. I've called you. I'm healing. I'm restoring even the wasted years. Joel 2.25 says, I'll restore the wasted places that the, that the locusts have taken. <laughs> All the years that the locusts have taken, I'm going to restore. How does he do that? That in one year, he'd give you that which would take another 10 years. I'm doing that thing in you. There is a marvelous gift of faith that's operating on the inside of you. Just fall in love with me more and more, says the Lord. Don't look to the right or the left where you will hear a voice. There's a prophetic gifting upon you. You'll hear a voice that this is the way, walkie in it. You're called, says the Lord. someone by the hand. Lord, bless your people. Cause your face to shine upon them. Lift up your countenance towards them, God. Be gracious to them. Keep them. Give them peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Bless you.